Hey everybody, this is John Fenn, Church of That Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. We are a worldwide house church network. We function by rotating who leads and rotating homes with each meeting. And that way, uh, and rotating homes as possible. Sometimes not everybody can do that, obviously, uh, because of the smallness of an apartment or something. But but the policy is the same as the early church, where they went from 120 people at Pentecost into the homes, and because they went from house to house, and because they rotated, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, a doctrine, a revelation, tongues of interpretation. They took turns. And because we take turns leading, we take turns rotating homes, that everyone gets used to participating and to leading and hosting. And so when you outgrow a home, you just multiply out, just like they did in the early church. They went from 120 at Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire from family to family, from house to house, over the course of 300 years. And that's what we do. House church is not a miniature of the auditorium where one person has the message uh, every single week. So anyway, visit our website, cwowi.org. Sign up for my weekly thoughts, my monthly newsletters, where we put meetings, prophetic words, etc. And you can learn about house church and some free videos, uh, archived articles, etc. Today, talking about the name of Jesus and the power in the name of Jesus. Everyone listening to me will say yay and amen, but but not everybody is skilled in the use of it. And the reason for it is this, because our church culture has made us weak and anemic and ignorant uh, because the auditorium church just causes a person to come in, sit there like a baby bird with their mouth open and get some food and then go right back out. But in reality, what I teach people is how to obey the name of Jesus and therefore how to become skilled in using his name. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you have any account in the Gospels where Jesus prayed before uh commanding a person to be healed or casting out a demon? Do you have any account in the Gospels where he did that? And the answer is no. You're not going to see him before blind Bartimaeus saying a prayer. You're not going to see him, uh, uh, you know, before the two men who came to him at dinner. Uh, you know, he's not going to say a prayer for them. Uh, in Mark, actually, the actual first time the Lord ever taught me this was as a teenager. And it was Mark 1, and I believe it's 41, where there was a leper that came to him, and he, and the leper said, Lord, if you can heal me if you want to. And the Lord stretched forth his hand and said, I will be cleansed. And it says in the King James, it says, and the leprosy departed from him. That was my very first lesson on healing when I was about 17 years old. And the Lord taught me, and he said to command, and he said, notice how the leprosy departed from the man. The condition departed. And he talked to me about laying on of hands and, and the power going out from laying on of hands and, and how to, if a person's all busy praying in tongues and everything else, it won't, the anointing will not affect them the same way because they have to be still before the Lord. The Lord is such a, um, a gentleman that if you're doing all the talking while somebody's laying hands on you, you know, it's just gonna, it's gonna stay. He's, he's not gonna talk while you're talking. And, uh, you know, and he talked about laying hands on a person and, and letting them be still before him and letting him accomplish his work. But that, that example of the leper was the very first example, uh, the very first, uh, teaching example the Lord used when I was 17 years old. There was a time of about three months where he taught me about healing. And one of the things that was emphasized was you don't pray for a healing. You don't pray to cast out demons. And that is Bible 101. 
uh, in Luke 10, what is it here? I wrote it down here. Luke 10, 20, is it? 17. The 70 came back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. You know, Jesus sent out the, the 12 and then he sent out the 70. And he said, you know, in my name, lay hands on the sick. In my name, cast out demons. So <laughs> the 70 came back and after they'd you know, presumably, you know, cleanse the lepers and, and laid hands on the sick and commanded them to be healed and everything else. Even the demons are subject to us through your name. And she said, okay, don't get a big head about it. I was there when Lucifer fell from heaven. You need to rejoice in that your names are written in the in the book of the living and written in heaven instead. So we don't get caught up in, in the, the joy of casting out demons or seeing somebody healed. From that standpoint, uh, we rejoice in, in humility that we've been given such authority. You see, in, in Jude verse 9, it says, Michael, the archangel, when disputing with the, with the devil about the body of Moses, said, the Lord rebuke you. And a lot of good, well-meaning Christians will, will take that and think that's our pattern. And they don't understand the legalities. They don't understand what they have in Christ. And the reason for that is very simple. Jesus didn't die for angels. Jesus died for human beings. Therefore, Michael had to say that the greatest of all angels were told in Daniel 12, 1, that he's the angel in charge of Israel, that he said, the Lord rebuke you. The angels are messengers. They've, it's not been given to them to use the name of Jesus because Jesus didn't become a, an angel and die for them. Jesus became a man to die for us, raised from the dead and give us the authority and the Holy Spirit, the power and the authority to use his name. And so uh, well-meaning Christians will sometimes say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. It's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't abrogate your authority and, and think that you're something that you, you're not an angel, you're a person. And so when Jesus said, you know, in Mark chapter 16, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. In my name, they'll cast, they will cast out demons, they'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. We use the name of Jesus. Just again, look at that pattern. Did Jesus ever stop and pray for a person to be healed? Did Jesus ever stop and pray for a demon to be cast out? No. When Peter and John in Acts, uh, the end of it, what is it? Acts 3, 6 said to the lame man on the way into the temple, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, do I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man leaped and walked and was healed. Peter didn't stop and pray for him. People follow the pattern, follow the example set by Peter and Paul and James and John and all those who spent, you know, all three years with Jesus and were trained by him. And, and here they are right before, right after the day of Pentecost and and what are they doing? They're continuing in what they were trained. You command in the name of Jesus. And, and of course, in Acts 3.16, the authorities want to know, how does this man, how was this man healed? In Acts 3.16, how was this man healed that stands before us? How does he healed? And Peter says, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man stands before you whole. We could go on and on. Uh, in Acts 4.30, when they pray, Peter and John are released and they go to, to their own and they pray to the Father, you made all things, the heavens, the, the earth, the sea, and everything in them is. And, the, and then in Acts 4.30, they say, Father, will you stretch forth your hand to heal by the name of your holy child, Jesus? In other words, from heaven, will you commission, will you release, will you, you move in healing? But it's in the name of Jesus. The typical Christian will lay hands on somebody and they'll pray and it'll be a group prayer and everything else, but nobody will stand up and just say, be healed in the name of Jesus. That's the one thing different about uh, that I did right <laughs> as a teenager when the Lord taught me that in Mark chapter one about the leper 
And he said, I will be, be healed or be cleansed. And the leprosy departed from him. And when he taught me that, I realized we lay hands on a person and we command in the name of Jesus. So a typical, a typical um, situation will be that people will lay hands on a person and they'll pray and, oh, Father, do this and, oh, Father, do that. And, and we take authority over da, 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 whatever we do. But nobody will actually just lay hands on them and say, I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. Folks, the first few times it may see foreign to you because you're, you've been used to church culture instead of what Jesus actually taught and what the disciples actually practiced. But you need to learn how to do that. You need to, you'll have to do it on your own because your pastor usually doesn't know it. You look at a prayer line in there and somebody needs healed, and what do they do? They lay hands on them and they start praying. Jesus didn't pray for anybody. He said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Even in James 5, 16, it says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. Uh, and pray for him, and the prayer, uh, uh, the prayer of faith will will heal the sick or raise up the sick. It's the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. You pray beforehand. Yes, in Acts nine, uh, when Dorcas was dead, Peter prayed, but he knelt down and he prayed. He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't do anything else. He prayed separately. When Jesus put his hands in in the, the his fingers in the ears of a deaf and dumb man, he looked up into heaven. And, and he prayed and he thanked the Father and then he then he commanded, be opened. You can pray beforehand. Don't get me wrong. You can pray for a person. But somewhere in that prayer, you have to stop and realize you have to take authority over the sickness and you have to command that person to be healed in the name of Jesus. It's that simple. It's that much obedience. It's it's biblical teach. It's biblical 101. It's Christianity 101. It's not churchianity 101. Church culture will say, I'm weak, I'm anemic, and I'm going to pray, and I'm ask, going to ask God to heal, but who knows what's going to happen. Now, you know, I, I will... Sometimes people will, will ask me to uh, to pray for them because they, they need healing or something like that, and I will pray about it ahead of time until I know the direction the Lord wants me to go. And then I'll lay hands on them, and then I'll say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus did a series of teachings about motive and uh, and a humble heart. And one of the things he said was this. He said, don't use vain repetitions uh, like the heathen do. And also he said, don't talk a lot Think because the heathen think that they will be heard because they talk so much. And this is one of the marks of a person who doesn't have much faith in the name of Jesus, uh, is that they talk a lot and they use his name a lot. They may ramble on for three or four minutes and they'll cast everything out that they can cast out and they'll command this and that and the other thing. And, uh, and when they do that, they're demonstrating they don't have faith in the name because all it takes is one, one time. And so my advice is this, go back to Philippians 2 verses 5 through 10, and look about the name of Jesus. And Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22, where where Paul also mentions again there that Jesus has been given a name above every name. Look at the examples of Acts chapter 3, verses 6 through 19. Look at how that lame man was healed. Look at the prayer of Acts chapter 4, verse 30. Look at the gospels of how Jesus uh, healed people. Look at the point there where he actually talked to a person like in Mark 1, uh, 40, 41, where he had the leper and he said, I will, you be cleaned and how he, he be cleansed and the leprosy departed from him. Look at how he did it. And you won't find a single time that he was praying ahead of time to have it healed. He prayed beforehand and then he commanded even, even in his prayers before Lazarus, it was prayers beforehand. He was weeping. He was, he was, he was touched. He was moved. He groaned in the spirit, but the actual, um, raising of Lazarus from the dead was Lazarus come forth. Uh, 
So it, 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 it was a command. It wasn't, Father, could you wake him up? It was Lazarus come forth, and we are to follow his example. So my point is, build up your faith in the name of Jesus. I, I'll never forget the, the healing of, of um, our oldest son's uh, special ed teacher. And, and she had a, a cancer, and she was a Christian, but she had no idea that God was healing today. And I, I, I went to the hospital room where she was bedfast on one of those air beds because she'd been in bed so long. She was, she was thin, uh, fighting the cancer and, and, uh, and really weak. And I told her, and I, and I just read through examples of Jesus healing people and how I'm not going to pray for her, but I would lay hands on her and command that cancer to die, command her to be healed. Uh, one of the things the Lord taught me early on, not only with that Mark 1, 41 with the, with the leper, but he taught me how, how anything that has a life in its own can, can die and wither away like the fig tree of Mark chapter 11. And, uh, so you know what I did? I left this, I left that woman with a bunch of scriptures on, uh, it recorded and, and encouraged her about how the Lord heals today. And so when I came back about a week later, I, I said, so are you, are you ready uh, for me to lay hands on you? I didn't say, are you ready for me to pray? Are you ready to, to, for me to lay hands on you? And she said, oh yes, oh yes. And I said, so what's going to happen? She said, well, I'm going to be healed, of course. Uh, she had, she had studied the name of Jesus. She had done what I told her to do. She did her homework. She saw, she got rid of church culture and she saw what Jesus did. She saw what Peter, James, and John did. She saw the book of Acts. She saw how they function, how they use the name of Jesus. Even in Acts, I love in Acts uh, 8. Let me see if I can find it here. Did I write it down? Um, you know, I don't think I read it, wrote it down, but in Acts chapter eight, when Philip is in Samaria, it says he was preaching about, about the kingdom of heaven and the name of Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter eight, it says when they believed him concerning the name of Jesus and the kingdom, they were baptized, both men and women. Uh, and, and so anyway, I went back, you know, like I said, that week later and said, I, I laid hands on her. I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be healed. I command this cancer to wither and die like the fig tree of Mark chapter 11. From this point forward, you are healed in Jesus name. And that was it. And I came back five, six days later to see how she was doing. And I couldn't find her. And I thought, what in the world happened? Went to the nurse's station. They said, she's up in rehab, learning how to walk again. She had told me, that woman had told me, she said, the day you came, I just had some MRIs and a CAT scan, and, and they showed that the tumor was still there. She said, but in the afternoon, they redid it in a different test. And uh, two hours after you'd left, that cancer had, had shrunk down to less than the size of her fingernail on her. She held up her fingernail. She said, it's less than the size of my fingernail and, and seems to be shrinking away. And that had all happened within the span of a couple of hours. And it was because of the name of Jesus. It was because of what the Lord taught me about uh, anything with a life in its own that's in the body can be commanded to die, wither and die, just like the fig tree of Mark 11. So my advice is this. Get rid of churchianity, folks. Realize you are to command. And it may sound funny at first. I command in the name of Jesus you to be healed. And then step back. Don't use your lots of words. Have enough faith in the name of Jesus that you know that when you speak it, things are going to happen. You, you know, I, the name of Jesus is so holy and so precious and so sacred that I use it very sparingly. And in, in terms of healings or casting out demons, I don't use a lot of words. I'll just lay hands on them and I'll say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And that's it. That's it. So anyway, you can pray before, you can pray after, but use the name of Jesus. It's a it's an able weapon uh, against the enemy, and you will be actually obeying Jesus and following the biblical pattern, not your church pattern, not your church culture pattern. All right, hope this has been a blessing to you. Bye-bye.